This podcast is presented by 323 Entertainment. You can find this show and more wherever you stream podcasts and music. And while you're there, please follow, rate, and review. And if you want to help us continue to grow and get better while also getting exclusive releases and free merch, please support the 323 on Patreon at patreon.com slash 323read. You can subscribe for as little as $2. $2! That's patreon.com slash 323read, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash 323-R-E-I-D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 323. Emily coughed just as we could have happened at any point before, as we were talking before the show started, but she got that cough in right as we went, got going. It was a burp. Oh, it was a burp. Okay, I'm it sorry. A, it was a mini burp. I tried to hide it. Excuse me. I'm your excuse host, her. Reed Murphy. Yeah, excuse her. Yeah. I'm your host, Reed Murphy. As you might be able to tell, Emily Sissel is here joining the show, as well as the incomparable Zahir Ali of the Animation Deliberation Podcast. Hello, hello. How are you two doing? As usual, I cannot be on the show without laughing my ass off, and we're started already, so I'm doing great. (laughs) And coffee's kicking in and ready to rock. How you doing, Burpee? I'm very sleepy. Uh, I can tell. You're hugging that Pikachu really tight. I am. I wonder if it fell apart. Hey, shut up. The tail just came unsewn from his body. Look, it's a cool... Reed got it for me. It... See? He's going through something right now. Oh! He's for a th- pillow thing. For, for the audio audience, which is all of you... <clears throat> Uh, she was just showing off a giant stuffed Pikachu that you can get at Target, and they're super comfy, super cozy. Definitely recommend it. Or Squirtle. It's been a big piece and a great addition to our new apartment. That's a life update for y'all. Emily and I have gotten an apartment. We actually have like a office studio that we're doing the show in right now. Zoo can attest. There's things behind me now that aren't just a, uh, you know, White. some, yeah, yeah, very. Or lum- me asleep. Luminescent light. Yeah, <laughs> Emily asleep. So much has been going on. All the life updates, which we can get into at other points. Zoo's shoulder is ler- is working now. Whoop, whoop. I have two semi-functional arms now. Not just one semi-functional and one useless. This is a big deal. Very big deal. Got a little secret for you. Being a photographer involves using your hands. <laughs> it's a little difficult to do without. Now he's able. Scott Elia is supposed to be on at some point, but he is pulling a ray. We don't know where he is. He's lost. He's a fucking twat. He's a twat. Yeah, a twat. Fucking Scott. Fucking Scott. Where's John McCann when we need him? Fuck Scott. Fuck Scott. Yeah, I like that. There we go. Did you hear that one, Zoo? We got sound effects now. (laughs) We got the fan. Like I heard the click and I was like, there's just silence. I think I'm supposed to hear something there. Fuck Scott. (laughs) Oh yeah. Love hearing that. Love saying it. Just because we miss him. Oh, my pizza rolls are done. 
Oh, that's where he is. That's what he's doing right now. He's actually just getting his pizza rolls. So figuring out how to use an iPad. We're going to keep moving. We're going to keep the show going. And we're actually going to play, get a little impromptu. Because while there is plenty of sports topics to get into, we have a we have a entire list. And I'm just filibustering here to give Emily some more time. We have a lot to get into. There is our commander's update. Rob Gronkowski and Sue Bird have all both retired, supposedly, allegedly. We'll get into the Gronk retirement later. I don't actually think it's a retirement, but good for him anyway. We have FIFA World Cup talk and how they just went ahead and scorned DC. There was a... Zoo, do you watch any baseball? When I'm at the game. Okay. Do you know of Joe Madden, the manager, former Cubs manager, became the Angels manager? No. He is pretty decent manager in baseball. Did not do as, you know, World Series championship as he should have with the Los Angeles Angels. Ended up getting canned a couple of weeks ago. But poor Joe, poor Joe Madden. The team was in an 11-game slump, and... He decided to try and break it and help out the team by getting a mohawk. And so he got this awesome old man mohawk, put his cap on, went to work, was excited to show it off to the team and get everybody's spirits up. Management called him into the office for a meeting. He got fired before he could ever show off the mohawk. Aww. It's one of the saddest, funniest things I've heard, and I can't even imagine him... Like, what do you do? Do you have to go home and shave it off yourself? Like, that started off as a good Ted Lasso story, but did not make it past the pilot. Right, yeah, it went a whole different way, unless he just embraces the old man mohawk from here on out, which That's I fine. would. We have that. We have more baseball with the Mariners' Angel- Angels brawl. that saw the game delayed 20 minutes, eight players got ejected, and a whole box full of sunflower seeds got hurled just into the middle of the field for no reason. Jeez. The Colorado Avalanche, congratulations to them. They won the Stanley Cup over the two-time reigning champion Tampa Bay Lightning. And that concludes our hockey coverage for the year. Also, R. Kelly just... getting 30 years in jail. Took him long enough. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to jail for 30 years. Hopefully he stays in there the entire 30 years. But before we get into the first topic of our commander's update with Zahir Ali, we have a lot of Marvel shit that's been coming out, and we have not been able to keep up with it. The show is back. We're in our second season. We did a general, a good amount of Marvel coverage last year, but not as much as we probably should have on a sports show. We should be talking about Marvel a lot more on this sports podcast always thankfully since we've been on doctor strange and the multiverse of madness came out moon knight the entire moon knight series came out Mm -hmm. on disney plus we're now entrenched in miss marvel two-thirds of the way two-thirds of the way it has been fantastic there's a lot to talk about thor love and thunder is coming out extremely soon so in order to sum everything up right, we started a segment last season called M's Marvel Minute. 
and thankfully we have Emily Sissel herself back on here. So it is time now for M's Marvel Minute. M's Marvel Minute is a thing now. M's Marble Minute is starting now. M's Marble Minute is a thing now, that's for sure. Sometimes it's a minute, sometimes it could be more. M's Marble Minute on the 323. Zoo, no. have you heard that before? I wasn't sure if no. you heard it. Okay. <laughs> no, my insides hurt. Uh. <laughs> Isn't it good? So good. I was just, I was just loved the music itself, and then that just threw me for a loop. I wasn't ready for that. Ow. Emily, <laughs> your Marvel minute is clear. Okay, so Moon Knight was a six-part limited series starring Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight, who has several different personalities, dissociative identity disorder, also known as multi-personality disorder. We also get to meet his wife, Layla, potentially ex-wife, ex-lover thing. Uh, There's all kinds of weird crap and amazing Egyptian mythology and history. A lot of it completely accurate, except for the... I have Osiris, which I complained about immensely to read already. However, it was very well done, and they worked with National Geographic, which was really cool for that show. Then we got Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Basically, Wanda just went batshit crazy, and she is in no way redeemable. She's a cool character, a great villain, love that, but she is not redeemable to become a hero again, and I really hope Marvel doesn't do that, because I think it would take away from her as a strong, empowered woman. Benedict Cumberbatch, amazing with all kinds of different versions of Strange and his acting capabilities. Damn it. Ladies and gentlemen, that was M's Marvel Minute. It was so much more, like, actually flowing than the first time I did it. I know, I appreciated that. I wanted to interrupt last time. This time I finally got my wish. (laughs) But Multiverse of Madness you did enjoy? Yeah, so I actually enjoyed it more the second time around watching it, um, and I think, I think because I just wasn't used to the Sam Raimi-ness, like, I, I, I enjoy Sam Raimi, but I, it kind of, like, that second viewing, I think things just kind of, like, I noticed more things than I had the first go around, so if you watched it once and you didn't like it, I would watch it a second time, because it's on Disney Plus now, and you might enjoy it more, because you'll notice little bits and things all around there, which was really cool. And Ms. Marvel is oh, everything. Oh, a Thor movie. Actually showing Partition <laughs> in an accurate way and discussing it. I mean, my only hope is they'll eventually start talking about Kashmir and then let's get Moon Knight to bring in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and my little world geography cultural heart will be content. Well, yeah, while we're at <laughs> while we're at Miss Marvel, yeah, it's been a fantastic show. It's so much good. it's far exceeded my expectations because I don't know. I th- I thought from, you know, early trailers and commercials it was going to be much more of like a kind of YA team style show, but, and I didn't know too much about the character of Kamala Khan, but it has been incredible to me. I've, it's been very fun. The entire cast has been awesome. I've learned a lot about the culture from the show, which is a fantastic element and exactly what they wanted. 
and she's just an awesome character and awesome hero and she's going to be a big piece to this universe she is i know that she and this show are very important to both of you in a variety of ways zoo how have you been enjoying this show what kind of impact has it had on you that it's amazing uh it's it was funny with moon knight and miss marvel coming out i was actually more excited for moon knight just because the character overall and i was just nervous about miss marvel and how they were going to depict everything but it's been a total flip-flop where it's like there was more stuff i wanted from moon knight and like miss marvel has just been perfect uh in relation to like my experience with it i am a pakistani american i moved here from karachi when i was three i've only been back once just like kamala has uh that was when i got to hang out with my nani for the first time and my nanu and my cousins and all that so like just all of those experiences how they incorporate pakistani culture and muslim culture and talking about variety and diversity and throwing the language and the the interactions like with american friends like all of it is so perfect and so beautiful and i've got to be on the marvel cinematic universe podcast every week for an instant reaction and every week i get to talk about like how it affected me and like the relatability and then like translating some of the stuff or like elaborating more on the culture that they show in there so like i i wasn't expecting the show to be so perfect i wasn't expecting all the integration to be amazing we got to interview um, Auntie Rosie, uh, Anjali Bimani, and I didn't think I'd actually get to talk to her about culture and integration and how much it meant to Kevin Feige to like make sure that we celebrated Pakistani culture. So like, just all of that and Iman Bilani just being incredible. All of it was so perfect, and I just can't wait for more. Do you have more thoughts on the show, Em? Uh, so because I, I come from many different points for why this show is phenomenal and so important to me. And one is the comic book side. And, like, if you're a comic book reader and you've read Will Wilson's, you know, Ms. Marvel No Normal going all the way through uh, with Mecca and all those issues, then you can see just how heavily they have used the comics with this show. Like, no, it's not the exact same storyline, but holy crap. I mean, like, some of just the way they did the writing and the language, it was very clear that they took what Willow Wilson had done to heart and they actually utilized it because there's a reason why she is, like, one of the most coveted comic book writers and why Ms. Marvel No Normal is very quickly on page to start outselling every Spider-Man comic and issue that's been out there. And it's because she is so phenomenal at what she does. Then there's the, you know, more female hero aspects as being a woman and actually seeing, you know, like that representation be had and that like she can still be a female and she can still be a Muslim and she can still be a Pakistani and she can still be a teenage girl, but in the heart of it, like she, she is a geek. And like, yeah, she's like all those other things, but she is like the ultimate nerd, like all of us and everybody can relate to it. Yeah, I was gonna bring that like, up because you bring in the geek and the fangirl aspect of it. She's essentially you. Every episode that I've seen, and like especially her at Avengers Con, like she's you. <laughs> well, Iman Vel- Velani, like when she did interview, she was like, 
I am Kamala Khan, but for me, it's Robert Downey Jr. and it's Iron Man. And I'm like, I'm like, I am just Kamala Khan. It is Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel for me. <laughs> uh, it's okay. She's like, I'll actually implode. I can't see him. I know. <laughs> and it's so just all those aspects. It just it it really helps you feel seen and heard. It's one of the reasons why I'm really looking forward to Jennifer Walters and She Hulk because it's very clear how much they're going to be representing the women from their mid-20s to mid-30s in that show. Like, everything about, like, even, like, her, like, using Tinder and stuff like that. Reed and I met on Tinder. <laughs> like, all my, all my experiences are just like that as well. And so Marvel bringing all these things in are phenomenal. I have a lot of uh, thoughts and things that they've done, especially, uh, you know, culturally and since I am in, on, I'm an anthropologist and do all that type of stuff. And on that side, I have lots of thoughts for Ms. Marvel on that. But we're doing a cast with superhero ethics, and I think that they're more geared for that podcast. So you can check that out when Zoo and I are eventually able to record it. Easer. Um, and I'm just, I'm really hoping that what they've done here, they did a great job with East Asian and Chinese culture. They're doing a great job with the South Asian culture and Southwest Asian culture. I just really, really want them in, to bring in that with Latinx culture and with Mexican culture, and just because that 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 will really speak to my heart. And I, if they're doing everything that we're seeing potentially with Namor and Mayan and Aztec mythology and stuff, those are the story. Like the same way, like Zoo is experiencing all those, these things. That's what it would be like for me for Namor, and I'm, I hope I can get that same kind of experience. Or they could, you know, bring back our boy Robbie Reyes. Oh my from God! Agents please just give me Robbie Reyes. Bring Shield back. Please, thank you. Oh, he's the best. I'm care about Shield. Just bring Robbie Reyes back. Yeah, and, just bring yeah Robbie. Because you know what? Johnny plays. It's a hot take. Worst Ghost Rider ever. So lame and boring. Just another blonde white dude. Robbie Reyes is where it's at. Robbie Reyes. El Diablo. Hell yeah. Let's get Zoo on something he can go on forever about. It is a commander's update. We are commanders. Bum, 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 bum. Let's try that again. All together. We, we are, are commanders. commanders. Why don't we just do it actually? Why did we slow it down? Delay. <laughs> oh, Harmony. Can Damn we try it? Zoom. All right, let's. All right, Zoo, you count it down. Three, two, one. We, we are commanders. commanders. Oh, I forgot how the theme goes, too. Anyway, it's our commander's update. <laughs> the musician in me is dying. Oh, we have had... There's a lot going on in the NFL, and Deshaun Watson case is not something that I want to ignore, necessarily. But I do believe that that is something we're going to be able to talk about a lot more more as they're doing discussions we're recording a little bit ahead of when this will be released i have a feeling that the nfl is going to do the typical friday weekend news dump of suspending deshaun watson 
sometime this coming weekend, the 4th of July weekend, and it seems like it'll be a heavy and well-deserved suspension for him. When that happens, mm-hmm. we will try to do an emergency pod and talk about that and the impact it has on the league, the culture, and the Browns, and the Texans, now that the Texans are getting thrown into a lawsuit for possibly yeah. helping him get into all of this shit. Surprise, surprise. But outside of Deshaun Watson, the next big source of news in the NFL has been, of course, the Commanders. Dan Snyder's Washington Commanders, me and Zoo's favorite team that we're still trying to get adjusted to its name. We have got our jerseys, though. We've gotten yes. we've gotten our unofficially Chinese-created uh, jerseys. Just cut God, out the middle, they don't man. look right. They don't look mm, something off, but I guess that... That would make sense when they're not even in stores yet. So yeah. they, they did their best. I'll give them that. A lot has happened with them. Uh, we'll just jump right into the oldest and shittiest one, Jack Del Rio, our defensive coordinator. Come on, man. Come on. Like, it's unprecedented. One, we don't need a defensive coordinator talking, giving his talking points. Anybody, I... I I will play devil's advocate and believe that people should have freedom of speech. But when you start talking about the insurrection and the capital hearings that are going on with it, we don't need the defensive coordinator of the team getting out in front of team letterhead and just calling it, calling it just a dust up. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't, you know, why aren't we focusing more on the, you know, the, the Ferguson Baltimore riots and all of that when, all of these Black Lives Matter riots, they call them riots, when, and they want to call the insurrection a dust-up, which I don't think, I don't know what you all qualify for a dust-up, but I don't think anything that would, you know, be legally called an insurrection or requires a death could be called a dust-up. A dust-up is by two middle school boys shoving each other. That seems like a dust-up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because dust, and, and, and in fairness to Del Rio... It was a dust up at the Capitol during the insurrection. I'm sure dust was risen up during all of that. And <laughs> but you know, just after that, people happened to die. They tried to kill the vice president. <laughs> they just so happened to want to tie everybody up and murder them. It's it's something that should be investigated. Jack Del Rio, our defensive coordinator, did not believe so. He got into a lot of uh Twitter beefs with it. He's now like number one most wanted by the NAACP. They wanted him fired hard, the entire league. And it's weird that it kind of went quiet for a few days. Nobody said anything. And then when it got picked up by, you know, bigger, you know, CBS this morning and all that, that's when the flames hit. And Ron Rivera, our head coach, did the unprecedented move of fining Del Rio $10,000. Or was it was mm-hmm. it $10,000? or? Yeah, he got fined. 10,000 and then Rivera got fined 100,000 for the whole yeah. helmet incident. <laughs> yeah, so it's been it's been a great time for our coaching staff. Uh I mean, do you think Del Rio's leash could be any shorter? There was no I don't I didn't see any sense of him getting fired for that. Nor no, did I, I think he should be. I didn't see any sense be. of him being fired because like if you're trying to maintain like if you're trying to find the good parts of our defense and keep those good parts it doesn't make sense to bring in somebody new and learn a new system when this is like 
you know, year three, it's a big year, big changes. It's time to win and make moves and stuff like that. It doesn't make sense to fire the guy and throw off what little stability that we have. But at the same time, if that defense does not turn up this year within the first half of the season, he's gone. There's no doubt about it because we've tolerated for three years now. The fact that it was good when it was good was surprising. Last year was just inexcusable on not making the changes that Twitter itself was like, why don't we move this guy into position for success? Nah, why would we want to do that? We need to keep you on the edge of your seats. Um, wait, nobody's filling up the seats. Oh, that's true. Uh, so yeah, I didn't see him getting fired, but he's standing danger close to the door because like Ron Rivera said, you have your freedom of speech. There's still consequences to your speech. You, you can't just say, you know, be like, I'm American. I can say whatever I want. You can, you're going to get repercussions. I can't think of the word right now. Like, a, like, yeah, repercussions for yeah. There's repercussions. Know, for yeah, he's he was acting, and he. It's one thing to talk about it at home or like at a dinner party. I did not. I as much as I disagree with him, I never thought that he should be fired for voicing that opinion. As mm-hmm. you know, it's it's an opinion. It can be a very wrong opinion and factually incorrect. Whatever and. It just comes at the point when you're talking about it at the workplace. If you talk about it at the workplace, it's a good chance you're going to face some type of repercussion. I would have at either of my jobs. Um, and we were wrong. Actually, he did get fined $100,000. So his fine just oh, went okay. straight back into you know Rivera's fine for the helmets. Maybe that's how Rivera deemed what, how much he was going to fine Del Rio. He was like, he's like, oh, yeah, here, I'm going to get fined $100,000. You get fined $100,000. <laughs> I'm losing this much. You're losing this much. I'm trying to be a good guy here. Outside of and that. Here's the thing, like, with Del Rio, like, I was actually interested in his Twitter after, like, somebody was, like, bashing on him and his defense, and he retweeted saying, suck these. <laughs> and, like, that made me want to follow him. And then that happened. I'm like, bro, like, you, you brought, I don't want to say positive attention to yourself, but, like, the fans respected you a little bit of just basically telling the media to fuck off. And like, people just love that you said that and you actually have some like good towards you. And you were like, now that I have all this attention, let me use this platform to fuck myself even harder. Like, no, I'm what glad, are you doing? I'm glad you said that. Cause I was in the same boat. Like I kept hearing about how funny his Twitter was. He was doing really <laughs> fun things on there, really going hard against the media and as I just thought about it one day. I was like, damn, why haven't I follow, followed Del Rio yet? And then I looked on the trending section, and he was trending, and I found out why I was trending. I was like, ah, ah, good choice. Good choice. It's like when I didn't follow Kanye on there. It was it was probably better for my mental health not to follow this guy. Um, in positive commanders updates, Terry McLaurin. You want to knock out the other negative? Well, we'll get there because I think that this deeply connects to that and the reason that this happened is one of the negatives Uh, is Terry McLaurin our beloved wide receiver Scary Terry Scarence Terrence he received a three year extension that'll pay him 23 million a year that's a lot of money compared to what receivers were getting this time last year but it actually puts him somewhere like in the middle of the pack compared to, you know, the guys like Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, how much they're getting mm-hmm. at 28, 29 million a year. Um, are you happy? Are you happy you got this extension 
I am ecstatic. Oh, Captain, my captain. He is going to earn every penny of that extension. Um, I know, like, breaking down the contract details, like, he's making less than AJ Brown, but he has more guaranteed money. And that signing bonus makes him a lot more comfortable, like, throughout the last year of his rookie deal. But, dude, this boy's going to turn up. It was, like let's have him in this position as a third round pick and have him as a gunner on special teams to just being elite and very underappreciated that if he can make all these catches from eight quarterbacks and his tight end, Logan Thomas, like imagine what he's going to do with a dude with the arm. If Carson Wentz has the confidence that he needs, Terry's getting those big numbers. Um, He's going to motivate the hell out of these new guys coming in and the, there's no downside there's really no downside like fingers crossed that every freaking thing that you need to do to make sure that he doesn't get hurt just make keep that man healthy keep that man on the field he is going to be making moves and i wasn't going to get his jersey because i have like a washington football team version of it but it's like he's he's, dude, he's like he's the face of the franchise yeah, he's he's here now he's yeah. that guy that dc can be proud of because mm-hmm. we don't have that along all the sports um i know we're gonna get into it a little later like we have ovi because the capitals do a great job bradley beals off face don't even know if it's a good face anymore soto is he gonna be here is he not now we know we have terry mclaurin and he's gonna represent us and whether we win or lose like that dude's gonna ball out and make a difference on this team and i think overall it's a perfect deal especially being at three years in 23 Mm. mil it's kind of a bargain compared to you know aj brown all those guys i'm glad we didn't trade him but a three-year deal this now gives him a chance to turn up and really command a bigger contract here in three years when he'll be i think 28 or 29 when that contract is up um it also gives us a chance because as much as i'm rooting for Wentz, i don't believe Wentz is our future at quarterback i still believe that they hope that's either sam howe can develop our current rookie or that they will draft somebody in the next year or two. At that point, we can continue to manipulate the rookie quarterback contracts and still be able to sign Terry to a long-term deal within that contract parameters. So this is awesome. I'm glad we got our captain. I'm glad we get to keep him. I was really, really afraid that we were going to end up trading him, but Ron made the right choice. He kept the right person around. And now he gets John Dotson and hopefully a healthy Curtis Samuel. In our last bit of Commander's updates, the team is getting a mascot, too. We're going to have something. We used to have a very racist mascot. And it wasn't even really like a racist mascot. We had Chief Z. And Chief Z was this black dude from uh, Southeast D.C. who got his legs broken at a Philadelphia Eagles game and vowed to never go back to Philly. Never, he never left DC again, actually. And Chief Z died sometime before the name change. We haven't had a mascot since, and now we have the commanders. The team announced that they're getting the mascot in week 17. That's when they will announce our mascot. The second to last fucking week of the regular season. So, do we have any ideas for what the commander's mascot should be? Because I believe that they're going to let the fans create and vote on this. Zoo, what do you have? There's two. And I do have to say that these are populated from Twitter. I've 
not original ideas of my own. First off, I want to say that it was the Redskins name that was racist, not the mascot. That's true. Yeah. I will the mascot was actually like collaborated with tribes and based off of a Native American and all that good yes. stuff. So there was yeah. a lot that went into the mascot and the logo and everything. It was just the, the, the name, name was representative, you know, scalping mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um, all the good old and glorious bastard stuff. But the popular <laughs> one is a hog in camo riding a tank. That was an awesome mascot. I like that. Um, I didn't want it to be just a hog because, like, the Muslim walking around with pig stuff is just weird. Yeah. Uh, but if they actually had, like, a tank come out on the field and shoot T-shirts into the crowd, like, that would be awesome. <laughs> but the one that I that really, really, poorly. really... <laughs> <laughs> so, you, this is everything in FedEx have, Field. Have you ever seen the hot dog cannon at the, any of these baseball games? Where it's like I think this I need videos of it. <laughs> that thing broke a old lady's face one time. I can't imagine what an actual tank would do with a t-shirt. <laughs> but I don't like everybody it. just ducks when it comes out. Fucking... I mean, they can't even do the smoke machine, right? You got players running into the cheerleaders <laughs> and dancing. <laughs> Why not? And if it hits any bit of infrastructure, like who knows when the bleachers are collapsed, will oh, be another leak. Dear God. But the mascot that somebody posted on Twitter that I absolutely want to see is a German Shepherd. Um, it is a companion to many military units. It would be awesome because German Shepherds are awesome. We didn't get the Red Wolves so having a dog of some sort and it being an adorable German Shepherd would just be perfect. So, I am all for that. So the German Shepherd. And you could have like. The Puppers logo from Letterkenny would have commanders on it. Like, come on. <laughs> the the German Shepherd would be cute, but I sense a Danny Rojas situation Thank happening. You. I was gonna bring up. <laughs> what with you? I talk. Somebody brought that up. I think it was when I was talking to you. <laughs> Football is death. Football is death. <laughs> oh my god! Just poor like Tressway. Just like sending a punt through that dog. No. Chase Young landing on it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like I could just foresee something happening. No, they have an eagle fly through. They have uh, a hawk. What if we just had an eagle? They do the same thing with the falcon. Oh wait, the eagles have an eagle. You know what? Fuck it. Yeah. You know what? We'll bring this up with John next week. Why don't we just steal the eagle? We'll take the actual eagle from the I mean, like we're command. I mean, like the commanders. It's like you know, U.S. pride, USA. You know, yeah. steal the fucking eagle. Yeah, Philly doesn't. She hadn't move. said anything in whole in so long, and then she says, "The Eagles have an eagle." The Eagles have an eagle. That's right. <laughs> no, I, 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 I had ah! said the Danny Rojas situation. Thank that's you very true. much. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I, I want a German Shepherd. I kind of want the tank now. I just want the chaos. Give me a German Shepherd in a uniform. I want. Tank. I want the eagle. Yes. I'm not a Commanders fan, but I want the eagle so I can just sit there and watch the situation happen. Okay, here's what we're gonna get. We're going to have the eagle soar out first <clears throat> through the tunnel. The eagle soars out, <clears throat> or whatever an eagle sound would be like. Shoots out of the tunnel. Next thing you know, <clears throat> t-shirts shooting everywhere. <clears throat> Because we got a fucking German Shepherd driving a tank. Oh, the German right Shepherd's yeah, driving the tank. German now. Shepherd's driving the tank, and the tank's got like a pig nose on it, like a hog's nose somewhere on it. So that way we can just get a little bit of everything. Does that sound like a good compromise? Yeah. 
before we just end up with some boring ass. I don't even know. Oh I don't. <laughs> the German Shepherd's trying to shoot the eagle. <laughs> yes, yes. We'll do that with every opponent when we play. <laughs> Y'all. No, it needs to be a giant eagle with a little cowboy hat on, and the German Shepherd's just chasing after it. <laughs> just an eagle like the size of the uh, Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man from the <laughs> from Ghostbusters. <laughs> Gigantamax the eagle. What, what's going to happen is you guys are going to get a stupid, boring-ass mascot like the George Mason Patriots, and your mascot is the Patriot. Well, yeah, we're just going to steal We're just going to have Joe Biden. Yeah. <laughs> With his aviators. He's going to ride his bike into the stadium and fall every time. Oh. It's Joe. just a two-wheel tank. You, the mascot could be the president and just whoever the president is at the time. Well, God forbid no. we have Trump back in like a two no, years or something, exactly, so then yeah. Trump has to be our, our oh, mascot. Oh, I know. And then I, and then I would laugh at you guys again. Well, now that we have Emily back. What? Her attention's back. No, it's not. Let's jump into soccer for a second. Now it's back. There she is. FIFA. Mm-hmm. They have announced the 26 cities that are hosting the World Cup games across North America in 2026. Among all of those cities, one of the big expectations that a lot of people, especially people in the DMV, which is the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, we all expected D.C. to make the cut of that. They didn't. D.C. got scrapped. A lot of people, tying this back into our last subject, believe it is a Dan Snyder thing that we did not get the World Cup in D.C., why the fuck didn't we get a World Cup game in D.C.? There's a few things. So internationally, D.C. is not that big a deal. Not compared to the other cities. Mm-hmm. It's more of a tourism stop than anything else. It, yeah. But it's And it's specifically a tourism spot for Americans. Like, it, it really is not a big deal, as big of a deal internationally. And it's... I think the biggest thing is that when they came to visit D.C., they saw the shit show that was the traffic in space here and realized Mm. this is a very, like, yeah, it's a city. This is a small city, and there is no way that it is capable of the World Cup size. Well, yeah. Because it's not. And the best stadium in the area, which would have been FedEx Field, that would hold something like that, that would hold something as big they, as a World Cup appearance, is a shit stadium. They probably, well, so they probably would have built a new stadium for the World Cup. No. No. It, that was the problem, is that they they couldn't do it at the Ravens Stadium. And there was so many issues with FedEx, because like it couldn't accommodate guests. So it was like, let's have the like people stay and have all the festivities in dc but have to travel to landover and then all the issues with fedex field as it is like the logistics of that just made no sense and i don't think uh dc dc united stadium could hold no. that many people dc united now. stadium is about eighteen thousand, which is nothing yeah it's like logistics just did not make sense and it's just so pathetic that we just and can't again, figure out a stadium like just I, I don't think DC, level RFK and build a stadium. Though. I don't think yeah. DC. I don't think DC was even anywhere close to the list because DC is not that big a deal anywhere else. Like, sorry, DC and Maryland and Virginia, 
you're, you ain't that great. Like you, you're but, not all that. But <laughs> I'm sure it's, internationally. But I'm sure it's something the states push for, because it, in the states, when you're going to have the U.S. as one of the representing yeah. areas, they probably I'm sure they wanted to push the nation's capital. Yes. As a yeah. place to have the games. Internationally, people Reasonably. associate L- L.A. and New York City as the nation's capital, even though it's not, though. Right, but this is a chance where the states would want to ed- educate on this that. Is, yes, but it's not a state decision. I know decision. that people might not care, but it's the World Cup. People are going to go there anyway. But people are going to come. It's not like they're going to skip D.C. because they don't, might not know about it as well. FIFA is not the U.S., and it's not the states. P- FIFA doesn't give a shit about any of that. They care about who can hold the space and what are the popular cities with lots of other tourism things that can happen outside of the World Cup. D.C. is not one of those. Okay. I mean, you can DC, see D.C. on your drive from Philly down to Atlanta. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Really <laughs> I'm like looking at the list now. It's like there is a lot of East Coast at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there'll at least be chances for, you know, people in the area to go to one of... Well, there'll be chances. Traffic's going to be a fucking nightmare. Like you said, logistically, traffic was not going to handle anything like the World Cup. Just like Snyder has been pushing for the Olympics, which would be a disaster in this area. (laughs) At least in the next 10 years, it would be an awful, awful time for anybody involved. You brought up FIFA... And what that they what they will prioritize, and typically it's just money. FIFA's very good about that, and they've had their uh, you know their shit stains with that. Mm-hmm. Going into something else with FIFA's president Gianni Infantino, he laid down the gauntlet towards the U.S. with this World Cup coming. He put out a quote. He said, "Let me share a secret with you guys. By 2026, soccer or football." will be the number one sport in this part of the world. No. We'll take care of the NFL. He laid it down straight. We'll take care of the NFL. Yeah. Will do you think do you agree with him? Do you think he's going to be right about this? Absolutely. I mean, not. there's a reason that the NFL is trying to push into more countries more often now. Like that didn't come out of nowhere. It is the threat of inferiority, really. But do you think soccer not in will the US. take Do you think soccer will overtake the NFL in the U.S. by 2026? Not in the U.S., but... It's already, f- it's already, well, that's what we're talking about is the U.S. It's already number one in the world. Well, yeah, it's going to be number know. one in the world. And I guess people have an idea that it might have a shot here in the U.S., especially with you know the men's team possibly becoming good. Or at least having, you know... That's uh, a factor. <laughs> yeah. With uh, Christian Pulisic, when uh, we actually have a star in the rising here. Still hasn't become that hugely mainstream of a star compared to what you have with NFL players, NBA players, mm-hmm. even some baseball players. Um, even going past 2026, people have been saying that soccer is the sport of the future in the U.S., They've been saying that for years, for decades. Is there a chance that it will ever become the sport of the U.S.? Or is that just going to be their title forever, is the future sport of the U.S.? So a huge factor behind that, as ridiculous as that sounds, is actually going to be immigration law and how easy it is to be able to attain... um, green cards and citizenships because we are the greatest melting pot in the world of course uh because it is 
already the number one sport in the world that like that is never going to change <laughs> um unless something else magically and i'm this is gonna have to happen over the course of 50 to 100 years for that to be able to have another sport to overtake that podium cricket has a chance Say cricket. 50 to 100 years cricket 50 to 100 years and i'm saying this as somebody who has immensely studied sports history like <laughs> That this is a huge part of my forte in terms of like the way sports rise and fall. It would have to be 50 to 100 years, which is a long time in our eyes. It's a, it's like half a blink in the Earth's age in an actual history. Um, but if we do loosen up and it is more easily obtainable for U.S. citizenship and it's more easily attainable like economically... I could foresee soccer having that huge upsurge. Um, but then there's also the question of people immigrate here to the States and then they want to do the entire, like they only focus on being American where a lot of people will take up sports like baseball and football because they're seen as those types of, you know, like American pastime sports. So it's something that you just kind of have to monitor closely over time. Uh, MLS is expanding every single year, which is great. However, a lot of the expansion is, I don't think they're necessarily getting tons of new fans. And they're keeping the same fans and they're just putting more teams in places where those fans are already. And that's part of a weird result where MS MLS just signed a huge deal with a huge broadcasting mm -hmm. deal with Apple Plus. It's a 10-year exclusive deal for Apple Plus. And wow. that will give you know people a chance to watch whatever MLS team that they want at a point in time instead of having to worry about local rights, local broadcasting rights, or when ESPN is going to put on a game. You can then Which, watch yeah. whatever team at that point and whatever star. And I guess a bet on that is getting somebody like Messi over here to an MLS team. And that's the other thing is the way U.S. laws are right now in terms of uh, what MLS has for like salary caps and stuff like that, they need to be expanded because they can't get the players that they need to make this big enough in the U.S. unless they invest and they're not willing to invest. And they, they never have been. And this could open up the avenue and get more fans but currently, at, for many, many years, they've just been sitting with the same number of fans, people like me, and then they just put teams in areas where those fans already are, but you're not getting new ones. And Zoo, to go back to something that you brought up earlier, I think that was a good point. The biggest issue that I think soccer and the MLS are going to have if they want to continue to grow, and there will be continued growth in the States with yeah. soccer, no doubt. Their only issue that they have to continue to combat if they want to become number one is how much on the offensive the NFL is when it comes to, like you said, trying to become more of an international league and mm -hmm. trying to branch themselves off into other countries, into you know having games in Mexico, having games in Germany that they're extremely excited about over mm -hmm. there this coming year. Yeah, because there's no exposure to the sport in those countries. So when, like, there is immigration stuff, there's, like, the pressure of, like, what do you mean you don't understand football? 
um, there's you, you're like shamed for not understanding the sport, right? Like it took for me, me forever to not only understand it, but to actually gain interest in it. Like I didn't even keep start keeping up with sports religiously till like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a factor on the exposure and the exposures will keep it going. And like a lot of people have problems with the NFL and have been like boycotting the NFL because of this and that. That's why the USFL and the XFL are here because they get to experiment with the stuff that they do so that they can make the corrections to the NFL and make it a better product. I still think we need to fire all the owners, but that's one of those factors on like the NFL sees how it's being threatened. Because if they're losing viewership, the XFL and the USFL are never going to get to that level that it'll ever surpass it. But it will bring the NFL down enough that people would be like, let's just watch another sport. And this year is a perfect example of that. One of my best friends, Ross, he just out of nowhere started watching soccer because he was getting bored with everything else. Kind of got me sucked into a little bit. We were supposed to go to a DC United game a couple weeks ago, but something came up on my schedule. You don't want so to see him right now. So that alone is showing that there is a small growth and there is interest in the sport of soccer and wanting the U.S. to actually pick up on it so it's more fun to follow on an international level. Zoo, I'm glad that you're getting into the sport and stuff like that. But if you if you look at on the broader broader scheme of things, I would have to disagree with you and say that I, I don't see soccer becoming the most popular, especially over baseball and hockey and football, because overall you can say that all of those sports that are growing at the same rate or exponentially yeah. faster. Never yeah. know. I, I'm not sure if it'll ever take over, but I could see it becoming a lot more popular. Oh, no, it'll be more popular. It just will yeah. never overtake. I could definitely yeah. see it at least overtake. We'll definitely believe it will overtake baseball. 100% baseball's and crap. <laughs> it will overtake baseball because baseball refuses to grow. It, I could see it overtaking hockey Maybe potentially ho- as hockey, the number three. Hockey has the potential. Like I would argue that hockey has a bigger potential to overtake football than soccer does. I think the biggest threat to the NFL is probably the NBA. Yeah. Maybe, but even but that, they have the same drama. That's the problem, right? Yeah, they have you know a lot of drama, and it's you know it becomes a race issue when it comes to that popularity. Yeah, people like think you don't that... have drama in hockey because they just start beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, they beat the shit. Yeah, people are saying there's no drama in soccer. It's everywhere, and oh, it's, it's... they still they deal with the same racism problems and sexual assault cases and rape cases and tax fraud case. I mean, it's everywhere. I mean, Messi is still, I'm pretty sure, is in court for all his tax fraud. Ronaldo will never not be in court for his sexual assault cases. Yep. And it's something, and that's something that I, we will bring up on a later date that I want to talk to you about is the massive uh, deal that was struck for U.S. women's soccer in terms of payment equality, and I think that was very awesome. That's something I do want to explore at a later date. For now, though, as we get towards the end of the show and towards the, of course, top five that we do with every week, every week's show, retirements. We had two massive retirements in sports. First, Sue Bird, lover, just got her jersey from that Chinese site because I could not find... Any uh, Sue Bird jerseys sold from actually licensed stores, WNBA stores for like men or that would fit me whatsoever, 
went to China to that Chinese uh, site that we won't name here. But if you want to, you know, hit us up, we can we can we, we got you there. We got you. Uh, be be patient with the commander stuff and yeah. everything else. I suggest has been top notch. My Nationals jersey just came in. Ooh, love them. My my Sue Bird jersey, fantastic. And Sue Bird, uh, partner of one of our favorites, Megan Rapino from U.S. Women's Soccer. Mm-hmm. Sue Bird is retiring from the WNBA after twenty one seasons, all of them with Seattle, which I think is a huge accomplishment. That is. Mm-hmm. Not only to just play 21 seasons, but to do it all with one team, that is extremely rare in any league, in any sport nowadays. So congratulations to her. That is awesome. I, she's going to have an awesome career in broadcasting and in media. She already had did a very awesome, It was what was it, the Women's Final Four Manning cast kind of update with a couple other stars. She's out of here. Somebody who's also retiring, who I don't believe is actually going to stay retired, Rob Gronkowski of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, famously of the New England Patriots. Gronk is finally out. I just don't, I I think he just doesn't want to go to training camp. And he's made made it clear he's not going to go to training camp. He probably doesn't want to play the first half of the season because why the fuck does he need to? It's not like he needs to practice anything. He and Tom Brady have already said that they just make up plays when they get to the line. Gronk doesn't even read a play. They just know each other so well that Gronk just goes where Brady needs him to go. A play last year that was literally just to hit his incentives? Yeah. Right. Yeah, they just yeah, they hit all of his contract incentives just with random dump offs. He Brady was benched because they were like the score was so high. As great as Brady is, and I'm finally not just a hater on Brady, I can finally just give him his dues, and I'm learning to enjoy his career here now that he's obviously at the end game of his career. Mm -hmm. Gronk really brought youth to Brady in his career and made him even better because so many of Gronk's biggest plays were just like little five, ten-yard dump-offs from Brady. Gronk has always been just extremely dominant. He'll get you a first down just because of penalties because you can't tackle him. He's like uh, 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 famous comedian Bob Einstein brought up one time that Gronk is basically a trained polar bear. He's like what you would get if you got a polar bear trained him how to play football or how to at least catch a football and threw him out on the field. That's what Gronk is. And then you talk about his ability to protect brady as well right um when more recent history when we had the playoff game when our d line was actually doing their job the whole thing with gronk is that like he's not going to go out for passes because he needs to protect brady and he did an excellent job at doing that because Mm -hmm. we couldn't get our freaking hands on him (laughs) he's just an insane person i've always admired him too financially as because he's has never, uh, I think they said famously, never spent his contract money. He put that all into savings and investments. The only money he would live off of was his endorsement money. So he's set for a long time. He deserves a uh, great retirement whenever that will actually be. If Brady ever lets him. If Brady ever lets him. Honestly, he is just one of the most dominant, uh, physically dominant athletes ever. And... It just got me to thinking of who are the top five most dominant 
physically dominant athletes of all time. Does Gronk even make it onto that list? So, these are the top five. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the three, two, threes top five. Oh, shit. Here we go again. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This is the 323's top five, the top five most physically dominant athletes in sports history. It's my list. Zoo M, feel free to break in. Feel free to give your own list at any point. Feel free to criticize this. I want to hear your thoughts on if you believe that these are the five most physically dominant athletes of all time. Can you I actually made a list this well, time. Well, that's why you're going to you're going to give do me you, a list. Do you mean like literally the biggest or like physically aggressive? I'm glad you bring that up. These are just athletes who are physical freaks in that you could not stop them compared comparatively in their sports. Just like like how I brought up Gronk. Gronk is this massive being that was hard to tackle right. you could not cover him he's wild so i'll give you my five and then i want to hear from you too number five i do have rob gronkowski i've never seen and i guess it's recency bias for me and just something that i have lived to see in sports i have never seen a player dominate uh <laughs> linebackers and safeties quite like gronk did Number four, I have Serena Williams. Serena Williams in women's tennis just has a serve unlike anybody else. She dominates all of her opponents. Number three, somebody that gets dominant. These top three for me were hard to choose. I could have put them in any order. Number three, I have Usain Bolt. I mean, when you have a picture of him breaking a record, winning a race, and just smiling while the other... While two and three just look miserable, they're trying their fucking hardest, and this guy's just smiling effortlessly, breaking speed records. How does that not make a top five most physically dominant athletes of all time? Number two, I have Shaquille O'Neal. Because you look at Shaq, you look at pictures of like, there's a great picture of Shaq, Charles Barkley, and Dwayne Johnson. We all know what Dwayne Johnson looks like, what The Rock looks like. He looks like a rock. He looked so fucking small next to Shaquille O'Neal. It was incredible. Shaq and, and Dwayne's like 6'5", jacked and everything. And he looked like a kid. Looked like a kid. How the hell are you going to stop anything that Shaq wants to do? If Shaq's going to run and try to dunk, are you going to play hero and get in front of that? No, he's going to fucking kill you. He'll literally Don't eat you hero. right on the court. Don't be a hero. Don't be a hero. You can't win. Number one on my list, I have Bo Jackson. I put Bo Jackson on here. I wasn't even sure whether to do it for football, baseball. The dude is like a modern urban legend. He played everything as much of a Hall of Famer as he was in football and could have been in baseball. Apparently, his greatest sport was lacrosse. They said he was unstoppable in lacrosse. He has set up incredible uh, foundations to help try and get more uh, like urban, like urban city youths into lacrosse and to pay for the cost of it because of how expensive it is and mm -hmm. how much 
and how much, frankly, as he said before, black people would fucking kill it in lacrosse if mm-hmm. we like we could take that over, and they are gonna keep that thing from us. We can maybe edge ourselves in the golf. We're not getting lacrosse. Bo Jackson could have dominated that sport. He went to the NFL. He went to Major League Baseball. He played both. There's a legend of him like taking down a tree with his bare hands at the age of eight. Nobody knows if it's true. You don't know Bo. Bo Jackson is my most dominant athlete of all time. Zoo, I know you have a top five. Let me hear yours, because I think there are so many examples that could be thrown into this. Like, I have Mike, Michael Vick and Babe Ruth were my outside looking in. Who do you have? All right, so I, I guess I misunderstood the assignment a little bit, but my list still isn't that off. I don't think, yeah. I don't think it's that off. There might be a couple that I could... Actually, only one that I could probably switch out for the sake of, like, being accurate with this. And I think but, that, I think that's the I think that's the greatness of this kind of argument. When you say, even if I say... When I'm saying physically dominant or most dominant athletes of all time, you can take that a variety of different ways mm-hmm. in terms of dominance. I think Gronk... For me, Gronk would make the list regardless in terms of dominance yeah. in his sport. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And for me, it's like, like I said, I just... I. I'm more recently into sports, so a lot of the names that are on this list, like, I really had no, like, visual interaction with as a sports fan, but it's names that you just knew growing up whether you were into sports or not, because they had that much of a presence, and I feel like that adds to the domination factor, and that starts my list with number five, Muhammad Ali. There you go. That's already kind of disappointing to me because I was hoping it was going to be all Washington football players from the 2000s on. Dude, I, like <laughs> instinctively, that's what popped into my head. And I was like, Chris Cooley. <laughs> Trent Williams. Uh, number four is Lionel Messi. Okay. We have a vigorous uh, head shake from Emily. If you're going to choose a <laughs> soccer player, that is not the one to choose. And I'm not talking about Ronaldo either. Well, had I known you were going to be on this list, I would have stayed away from soccer entirely. <laughs> <laughs> Number Don't three. Don't fear her. Ah, Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, Kobe Bryant. And number one had to be a player that I actually do follow and admire and is a fucking savage for his age, Alexander Ovechkin. Oh yeah, yeah. He Obi, yeah, yeah. I like that list. He is wrecking dudes and these he's... days. Like it's no, like he is inspiring the younglings to wreck properly. <laughs> TJ Oshi talks about he's like, oh, if he's going in this early after coming back from a shoulder injury, we need to step our game up. <laughs> gotta love Obi. You gotta love. Yo, Obi. he was playing soccer for a Russia team last week and scored a goal from the left wing. <laughs> Ovi, I love him, and I feel I feel kind of bad for him. That's something we'll get into: is Ovi and you know Russia, Russia. and that whole situation. <laughs> yeah. With, for him, I feel bad for him in it. But uh, yeah, I can agree with that. I've I've I can't be mad at any list that has Alexander Ovechkin at number one. Let's go Ovi. Let's go Caps. M, you have a list. I it's not in an order because I literally just jotted down five names. Took some out, add some in. Eventually, every list has an order when you just start reading it. Yeah, this is true. Um, so I, I'll start out with Michael Phelps. 
That's a great one. Yeah. Did not even think of that. Yeah, yeah, Michael Phelps. I also put Serena Williams. She's terrifying. I love her. Uh, you should have picked Pele for soccer. He doesn't know who that is. You, you don't know who that is? <laughs> don't keep up with soccer. <laughs> this is, listen, all you need to know about Pele. It's good. He's good. He's, He's good. like the greatest of all time. Like literally the goat of soccer is Pele. Um, so I, I struggled between Muhammad Ali, but I ended up doing Mike Tyson. Oh shit, fuck. Yeah. He just, Damn I mean it. like physically dominating everybody and it's such a long reign. We're on the anniversary of him biting Evander Holyfield's <laughs> ear off. And just, like the the how long he held his reign and for how long he was so physically dominant, I was surprised you didn't have any um, heavyweights. Tyson was going to be on there, and I just completely yeah I blanked on it. I was yeah. surprised that mention. you did not have any heavyweight because I mean, if you want to talk about like dominance in a sport, you got to look in the heavyweights at any almost any fighting, and there there's plenty of lightweights and flyweights and stuff like that for the others. But I mean, like those heavyweights. Especially those old school stars. Oh, yeah. I think Gronk is off of my top five list now because Tyson gets yeah. in there somewhere in the top three for my list. See if Tyson um, find a polar bear. So <laughs> then my last one is Simone Biles. She has more medals and championships in her sport than like anybody else in the world for any of their sports. So in order to prepare for this i actually typed into google like most dominant players of all time i think you listed everybody on that like not everybody but you've listed people that are on that list like all five of them boom boom that's all you need that's all i looked need. at it just to see if i agreed with any of them and i think the only ones that really popped up was tom brady and kobe bryant if um if my if my flying tomato had had meddled in this Olympics, he probably would have made the list. But because he did not medal for his last one, he did not make it. The flying tomato is Sean White, snowboarder. Anybody? Ah. Oh, Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk's a good one. Tony Hawk is a good one. Poor guy. Oh, you know what? God damn it! The number one of all time. Oh no. You know the Coney hot dog eating contest. Are you thinking of that girl? No, I'm thinking of that guy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Clearly, it's not the girl. Well, they could be non-binary. It could be non-binary, but no, it's Joey Chestnut. Joey Chestnut is the most dominant hot dog eating. We're gonna see him on the Fourth of July. They do this every Fourth of July. Last year in 2021, he made history by eating 76 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes. Oh my God! To take home his sixth straight mustard belt and 14th overall. That's more than a hot dog a minute. Listen here, Muhammad Ali, Michael Phelps, Pele, all of you, all of you, Joey Chestnut. You ain't got shit on him. Joey Chestnut's going to eat a shit ton of hot dogs. And somehow he's not dead. I he do want to see Dwayne Johnson go up against him, though. In but terms of, oh, yeah, get yeah Dwayne Johnson on his cheat day? I mean, just because yeah. he's big doesn't mean he can't eat that quickly. That's the key. Like, there's a technique to being able to eat that quickly. I've, I follow Dwayne Johnson's Instagram. I think that 
they train their uh, their gag reflexes. Is Dwayne Johnson's Instagram on his cheat day the greatest Instagram of all time? I love him. Everything I looks feel, insane. I, I feel like Fury is a fat person. <laughs> his waffles look fantastic. I was also going to say Misty But they're not Copeland. Death Star shaped like mine are. Misty Copeland would have been a good one for the list too, for dancing. Clearly five wasn't enough. It never is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a top five for a reason. You have to get there. And we had, obviously, the best one. As Zoo looked at lists on Google to see this, and we had all of the athletes covered, we have the very best top five list because we have the very best guests on all the time. I want to thank Zahar Ali of the Animation Deliberation Podcast. You can check it out wherever you get podcasts. Zoo, do you have anything else to promote coming up? Uh, just my weekly coverage of Miss Marvel on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, uh, the interview with Anjali Bimani on the same source, and then keep an eye out on Superhero Ethics, where I will be joining Emily Sissel to talk about the exact same show. Speaking of Emily Sissel, thank you, Emily Sissel, for burping your way onto the show <laughs> and giving some great takes. Do you have anything to promote coming up? I mean, I live here, so it's pretty easy to come in here. It was pretty easy. Uh, I will be on Superhero Ethics with Zoo and Matthew Westfox to talk about Ms. Marvel and all her wonderfulness. I already presented at Awesome Con, but I am waiting to hear back because I will potentially be at New York Comic Con presenting Ooh, my uh, comics in the classroom. Amazing. Yeah, so I, I should hear back uh, sometime mid to end August, I think. There we go. The very best. Ladies and gentlemen, I have been your host, Reed Murphy. This has been the 323. Again, you can find the show on YouTube, the 323 Network there. Or follow us on any social media, our Patreon page, anything like that. We are at 323-R-E-I-D. This has been the 323 with Reed Murphy. Stay safe, everyone. Talk to you later.